evening, gals. <laughs> Hi. How are you? Good evening. <laughs> Woo, you know, surviving. Yeah. Don't don't I know. Yeah, she knows. How are y'all doing down there? I, for one, am thankful that you both are okay after this past week. Yeah, <sighs> yeah. Texas got its ass handed to it. Uh, several times over. I oh, lost no. power on Sunday and didn't get it back until Thursday. We had water, but oh it was God. very low pressure. And then we were on a boil notice. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. And <laughs> my place, we uh, we lost water Monday due to a breakage in the pipe, which flooded nine apartments in the building. <gasps> and it didn't oh, get shit. turned back on until Sunday night, which was last night. So, you know, oh my God. we learned some things through yeah. this. One, a toilet takes like two gallons of water. Who knew? That's a lot Always to flush. Carry. Just Always once. carry a bucket, you know? Um, and I guess that the people do come together during a crisis. And thank yeah. gosh for that. Yeah. yeah, it was very heartwarming to see people come together. It was just a further reminder that the government doesn't give a fuck about us, but (laughs) people care about each other. So that's Mm -hmm. cool. Um, We went with Steve's food truck and handed out free hot meals to folks. And love it. That was, it was nice to just see people and like see them taking care of each other and like taking food to people in need. There was a girl who came and um, got a bunch of hot meals for our unhoused neighbors um, in some of the camps nearby, which was awesome. And it was crazy, like the amount of items that are still needed, even now with the power back on and the water back on, like blankets are, there's like a blanket shortage obviously food and water yeah what was it on like headlamps lights Mm -hmm. lanterns because not everybody does have power back yeah i mean it's weird to think about you know since it was a winter storm and this is so kind of unprecedented you know with people yeah that it's like you don't think of it like a hurricane tornado situation but essentially everything was wiped out you know and yeah texas really does need help yes which, speaking of, um, we're going to start Oh yeah, um, donating 20% of our merch sales to Austin Mutual Aid to get people clean water and some basic necessities that um, they've gone without and will continue to go without for who knows how long. Um, so buy some merch, yes. help some people. Um, but we'll also post about it on our Instagram as a little reminder and let you guys know um, how long we'll be doing that for. So yeah. I'm going to buy some more mugs. Just why not? She loves Do mugs. It. It's a, a mug, great gift. Buy a tea, buy a sweatshirt, and support the people. That's what yes. we yeah. yeah. I mean, I'll donate directly as well to the Mutual Aid Fund, but <laughs> might as well get some mugs too. She might as well get a treat. <laughs> You know, you get something for yourself and then you end up helping other people. So Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's great. It's great. Yes. I'm just thankful you guys are okay. Uh, I'm thankful. I'm thankful to all of our Texas listeners who reached out and beyond. And I'm glad that everyone is safe. All of our Texas friends, they like checked in. We are checking in with each other. So shout out to y'all for just sticking in it with us and... um, 
We made it. <laughs> still feel we made it, folks. Yeah, still feel crazy, but uh, we got this. All right. Well, and it's now what seventy degrees? Oh yeah, it was seventy five <laughs> yesterday. I was sweating, and I was like, yeah. "Okay, cool." Um, so, but all last week it was what, like between nine and twenty degrees out. Yeah, yeah. It's almost as if like global warming is real, right? Yes. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> um, oh, one one exciting thing too. So our sweet friend Fatima, she is actually an energy worker, and she does Reiki and. She has just started her own website um, to offer her services to the people. So I wanted Love to it. give her a shout out because she's the best. I know you guys have heard her stories on here a handful of times. Um, but if you want to check out her energy work and schedule with her, you can find her at my-soulpurpose.com. And we'll also post that on her Instagram too. But we all need some energy work right now. I know it. I just know True. it. So True. Um, hit, hit her she's up. So, like, she's just so positive and genuine, too. Yes. We like love her, her. We love her, her. Her presence is magical. So um, befriend her and learn from her. <laughs> she's the best. <laughs> like we have. Yes. Well, we've got an exciting episode for you guys. And uh, we're the Golden Ghouls. Alyssa. Kylie. Emily. And it's time to get spooky. (laughs) God, I haven't done that in a hundred years. My voice cracked a little bit. You're just nervous. I'm nervous. All right. Well, we got a round of listener stories for y'all. You know, we we don't we don't have the as much energy as we normally would. Last week really did kick our asses. So we said, let's hear let's let's uh what's my excuse uh it's cold there too which is depressing yeah yeah Yeah, and there's just been no sun here since like september so i guess that's a good excuse too yeah you've got excuses (laughs) yeah we said let's let's rely on our good friends and listeners who have sent us some some spooky tales and uh we'll share them with our friends but uh, I can kick us off with one. It's not paranormal, but it is very frightening. And I know Ooh. that so many of our listeners also enjoy true crime and true crime connections. So I wanted to share this one with y'all. This is from Jess, who has shared another story. And Jess says, I previously submitted a story about my sister and dad sharing the same dreams. And I've contemplated sharing this story for a long time. This is a story about the time I dated a murderer. So hold on to your butts. Um, okay, hold on a second. This butt's so huge, it's going to take me a while to wrap these phalanges around it <laughs> <at> all. <laughs> all right, I'm ready. All right. The summer of my freshman year in high school, I was in summer school, and that's when I met Steve. He was a year ahead of <gasps> me in school. Not my Steve. I promise. We were both from New York, so we got along right away. We eventually started dating and dated all throughout high school. I was even his date to senior prom. No red flags other than the fact that he enjoyed ICP. I'm so sorry to any ICP fans. Oh, my God. (laughs) Insane clown posse. Yeah. So he's a juggalo? Yeah, he's a juggalo. 
He's a juggalo murderer. Are you? That, I mean, I don't know much about the juggalos, but I do know that I'm pretty sure they're like against murderers. I thought they were pretty chill. Yeah, they're pretty chill. Right? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I thought. Fast forward to my senior year in high school. We broke up that summer before and didn't really keep in touch after. And at some point, he moved back to New York. I graduated high school in 2009 and went to college shortly after. Steve and I got back in touch, and he offered to pay for my ticket to go back to New York to see him and work things out. I agreed. Bad idea. Bad, bad idea. Mm-mm. I didn't tell my parents where I was going. <laughs> a dumbass mistake. But I did tell a few friends. He picked me up from the airport, and all seemed okay. I specifically remember stopping at a liquor store before. I wasn't 21 yet, and he bought a bottle of Ciroc. At the time, he was living with his grandma— and we got into her house. She showed me around. Everything still seemed fine. The first red flag was that I had a shot of Ciroc and he finished the bottle. Wait, what? Yeah. Was he alive? Uh, I, I guess so. Oh, my God. <laughs> then he asked if we were getting back together. I was honest and said, I don't know. Let's see how this weekend goes first. You know, he did not like that answer. His face went blank, and he got up and left. I got the worst feeling, so I texted my best friend, who lived in New York at the time, to come get my ass out of there. She -hmm. was about an hour away or so, but she made her boyfriend at the time drive over and get me. I had no idea where he was at this point, so there I was alone in a place I'd never been, freaked out. I went upstairs to the bedroom and immediately locked the door. I packed my shit and waited. Eventually, I heard him come back into the house, so I looked downstairs. He wouldn't speak or even look at me, but was pacing back and forth around the house. It was like he wasn't even there anymore, completely glossed over. I went back into the bedroom, and he followed me, but I locked the door behind me. I could hear him knocking on the door, but nope, I wasn't answering. Good. Good thing you weren't answering. (laughs) (laughs) What seemed like forever passed, and my friend was finally there. I grabbed my shit and got out as fast as I could, still pacing around the house, same glossed-over look. He still wouldn't talk to any of us. That's the last time I ever saw him. I've never felt so freaked out in my entire life. Fast forward to years later, my friend sends my mom a news article. He was arrested for murder. Murder. There's even a video of him walking away from the car where he left the body of the girl in the trunk. No. Beaten (gasps) and stabbed to death. Just (gasps) left her there like he wasn't going to get caught. I later found out she was stabbed 60 plus times in the (gasps) neck and the back. My heart hurts so bad for her, what she must have gone through, and my heart hurts for her family. I read through all the court documents and kept up with it until his sentencing. He got 35 years, but I personally think he should have gotten a life sentence. Yeah, what? This is what got me into true crime and scary stories. I can't believe I was so close to someone who turned into a murderer. Love you guys. XOXO Jess. Wow. Jess. Wow. Jess is blessed. Jess is blessed. First of all, I have one question. I have a question. Okay, ask. And I'm not trying to be inappropriate here. When he was doing the murder, was he wearing a juggler face paint? Oh, my God. Doubt it. Highly doubt it. 
But, dude, Jess and your instincts to get your ass out of there from the second he looked gnarly. Yeah. Thank you. Thank God. Always follow your gut. Always follow. The worst thing that happens is you turn out to be wrong and you got out of there anyway. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You don't want to mess with any situation that's making you feel prickly or stickly. Yeah. Don't apologize for feeling creeped out by someone. You're done. Uh Uh-uh. Do it. You're out. Goodbye. Go. Because you're going to find that that person in the newspaper. Yes, you are. That's for sure. Yes, honey. I'm more than 60 times. That's brutal. Yeah. I feel like that alone, like if it's more than like two stabs, okay, life sentence, because clearly you don't have a conscience. No. Yeah. What? Like Like 35 years? a full-on sociopath. 35 years is nothing. Gross, man. Nothing. And you know, the thing is that people usually don't serve their full sentence. Right. Which is like maddening. So. Right. Yep. That's Ugh. insane. What a sicko. Wow. Well, we're glad Jess made it and followed followed her gut. Whew. I know. Well, I got another. How do you follow that up? Am I, I right? know. That's just what right? I was thinking, you know? But Erica's got a good one. So we'll give, give you Erica's. Hey, ghouls. I discovered your podcast at the beginning of the pandemic 2020 and really wanted to send in my stories of which I have many, but I wanted to listen to all your available episodes first. I am pleased to announce that I've caught up and when and when in episode 129, you said you were out of the ghoul talk stories. I knew I had to share at least one of my experiences (laughs) and thank you. What a sweetheart. Sweetie. I'm 32 and have been experiencing things since I was about 10 years old. The first major experience that sticks out in my mind happened when I was 10, when I was still living with my birth mother and I, and I was saw a fire light itself in our fire stove, which took me by surprise, you know, (laughs) being a spontaneous fire and all. And then in the flames appeared an old woman's face that melted into something demonic what the F? <laughs> it started, <laughs> scared the shit out of me. And so I ran upstairs to my mother who asked what happened. I relayed what I saw and she immediately phoned her sister who lived across the country. I then learned that her sister liked to do what she called writings, where she would let a spirit into her body and then they would write messages that she would try to deliver to people. mm On this evening, she had been doing writings and kept getting a message for the girl to let us in. We all assumed that meant I was the girl, but I refused to let anything in. Still, to this day, that night I laid in, oh, still to this day, she doesn't let anything in. That night I laid in bed awake and hyper aware of my surroundings, knowing that I wasn't going to be able to sleep because of the melty demon faced lady and my creepy ass aunt. Well into the night, once the house was dark and quiet and everyone else was asleep, I had my first experience with sleep paralysis. I felt the bed sheets shrink, wrapped to my body, and a heavy weight fell on my chest. I couldn't move or make any sound, and I began to feel a hot, foul breath on my face. Ew. Oh, my God. 
<laughs> don't know how long it lasted, but it felt like an eternity. I credit my cat, Binks, fantastic name, for helping me out of it, helping me out of it as she came into my room. And as soon as she leapt onto my bed, the feeling of paralysis was gone. In more recent years, I've been fortunate to not have had any more run-ins with sleep paralysis, but there have been plenty of experiences that have more than made up for it. I haven't had many intense experiences in the past two to three years since I became a mother, and I want to protect my child from as much as I can. That being said, whenever I pay attention to the supernatural and share my stories, it seems to perk up. The spirits and the activity resumes. Hmm. Since I started listening to your podcast and the Night Owl podcast, I've moved into a new home and sometimes think I see a cat or a small dog dart past doorways out of the corner of my eye, or things I set down on the corner become misplaced. I would absolutely love to share more of my experiences with you ghouls, or even call and relay a couple of my favorite experiences that happened when I worked in an antique gallery and saw things move on their own saw apparitions, was touched, and even gained an attachment of a poltergeist named Dave. <laughs> Stay spooky, Erica. Erica. Dang, Erica. Dude, Erica, I see things out of the corner of my eyes, too, and I always think it's my cat. I gotta know about Dave. Well, also Dave, for sure. What's Dave's deal? Yeah. And was this your only experience with your aunt and her writing? I know. I want to know more about the aunt. I'm, like, right? so intrigued. Right? Yeah, me too. I want to know a lot more. I'm, I I need to know about these writings. Yeah. Also, how your mom was just like real casual about that. It <laughs> I know that it was. Right? It, it shocked me. It was a casual reaction to just she, pick maybe up the she's phone. used to it. Oof. From who? Who's coming to her? And like, there was a fire, oh. and I saw a demon. And she's like, "Hold on, let me get on the phone." Hold on, I know just the person. <laughs> Erica, we're going to have to hear a few more of your stories. Absolutely. Send them yeah. all. Good God. And that, that hot, foul breath I really know. got me. Oh, my I gosh. So there's this, like, running joke with my mom and sisters because a few years ago for my sister's 21st birthday, we rented a house um, out in Fredericksburg, Texas, and um, it was old as shit, very spooky, Super cute. It's like a little inn, but very creepy and like got weird vibes the whole night. I had really bizarre dreams. And my mom Mm -hmm. said that at one point in the middle of the night, she felt a hot hand like on her head. And so now we always talk about the hot hand. And it's like this thing that we tease each other with because we were like, you're full of shit. There was no hot hand. But hot (laughs) hand, hot breath. I mean, gross. Maybe your mother saw or felt a very attractive hand. That's what she meant by hot. Maybe, maybe she was like, that is the hand for me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I do like a warm hand. Yeah. It's better than icy. Yeah. You guys don't like a tepid hand? No. No. (laughs) (laughs) Don't give me a moist hand. That's for sure. If a ghost comes at me with a moist hand. I'm about, I'm about to throw hands. <laughs> yep. <laughs> They're going to catch yep. these hands, honey. Mm-hmm. No. And you don't want this smoke. I'll tell you that. No. <laughs> no. Wow. <laughs> I feel like I just heard like three possible band names. One being 
tepid hands. Totally. Yeah, I mean, let's start it. I have no musical talent, but uh, I could try. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's uh, go. We're to- we'll be touring in 2025 when we um, defeat COVID or all get vaccinated. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Sounds great. All right. Are you guys ready yes. for the last yeah. one? Yeah. <laughs> my mind, right. guys, my mind's a blur, y'all. <laughs> I can't even tell you. Same. <laughs> You, you know that like squiggly jumbly thing on paper, you know? What? <laughs> exactly. That's my mind right now. Like the lie detector test? No, you know, like when you, the little, ugh, whatever. Spirograph? No. <laughs> does this thing have a name? I don't even know if it does. It was in a cartoon once. And okay. I can't even think of the cartoon to tell you. Well, let's find out and we'll get was back it- to it. It's like a little, it is looks it similar like a cloud to and it's like really squiggly and squ- and like just a cloud of squiggles. Okay. That's my brain. Was it from um, It's like Nickelodeon? It's, it makes me think Nick at Night. I was going to say some type of Nick. Yeah, it was like a short cartoon. Okay. You know what? That kind of does sound it. familiar. You're on it. I'm picturing it right now, so I know it was a thing. Yeah. Okay. You know what? We're we're picking up what you're putting down. Yeah. You might not know what that, it is, but we're picking it up. I smell what you're stepping in. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Hot breath. Hot foul breath. That's ex- yep. Okay. The finale. Mm. This is from a rather new listener. And y'all, I'm loving it because this listener is dating another one of our listeners. Oh my How god. How cute. How cute. Yeah. We love our, our listener couples. We do. Yeah, we really do. Okay. So this is from Meg. Hey, ghouls. I had such a great time getting to know you on your last Zoom call, and I knew I had found some friends who would enjoy hearing about the creepy things that happened to me in my childhood. Growing up, I lived in the home my mother grew up in. My grandmother raised her family and died in the house. My grandmother even lost some of her children in that home. I grew up outside of Philly on stolen Native American land, as well as being the site of a Revolutionary War battle. What I'm trying to say is there's a lot of death surrounding this house. Oof. Oof. Big oof. oof. (laughs) Big yikes. Yike. It never occurred to me growing up that our house was haunted, but I had a lot of experiences, mostly centered around my bedroom. Oh, Lord. No, that's the last place you want a haunting to be, I think. <laughs> Maybe the Probably. bathroom because you don't want to be spooked while you're trying to do your business. No, no. Each one on its own was insignificant enough to brush off. But now when I look back at everything combined, I think something spooky was afoot. The first thing that sticks out were the constant issues were the lights. Every time I entered my room, the lights would noticeably dim. It would be right when I walked in, or sometimes I would think everything was normal, and 30 minutes later, they would dim. The thing was, it only happened when I was in the room. If another family member would go in there alone, nothing would change. But if I went into the room with them, then the lights would dim. My dad even had two different electricians come out. The first one said nothing was wrong, but changed the switch panel anyway. The second electrician said nothing was wrong and didn't fix anything. 
It continued to happen the whole time I was living in that house. I also noticed that my belongings were not where I had left them. My family almost never went in my room without my permission and would never move my stuff. One incident stuck out in particular. I went downstairs for breakfast, and when I came back up, all of my stuff on my desk, my paints, paintbrushes, my towels, paintings, everything, was on the floor. I was only gone 30 minutes, and when I was downstairs, my entire family, mom, dad, brother, were downstairs with me. Despite knowing the answer, I came back downstairs and asked if one of them had done it. My desk is built into the wall, so it's surrounded by walls on three sides. No way could some wind have blown all of these heavy things off of it. My windows were closed anyway. I also had issues with my door closing and or locking. My lock is on the inside, but numerous times I would leave the room and come back to a shut door or a locked door. I told my high school friends about some of these experiences, but they thought I was full of shit. (laughs) But I had three separate friends get locked out of my room when they had left to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night. Not at the same time. Two of my friends were mildly scared when they were locked out, but I remember my one friend, Kayla, freaking out. She had thought I had just been making the other experiences up. The night it had happened to her, she was banging on the door, and when I groggily got up and opened the door, she was so scared. She was adamant that she had left the door open, and she could tell that I had been asleep, so there was no way that I got up, shut the door, and locked it. These events happened sporadically throughout my childhood, but started increasing in frequency around my freshman year of high school. I began experiencing sleep paralysis and horrifying nightmares. This is a theme of the night, I think. Mm -hmm. After whatever was in there knocked all of my paints on the ground, I was pretty fed up and decided to fight back. I grew up pretty Catholic, so I blessed the room with holy water and holy oil. This seemed to keep the creepy episodes in my room in check, at least for a little while. About every six months, the incidents would start up again, and I would have to re-bless the room. I just kind of got used to the routine especially because the thing that scared me the most had already happened in my basement. Oh, no. Side note. I know, right? Not a basement. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Please. Right? Earlier when we were like, oh, the worst place would be the bedroom or maybe the bathroom. No. It's the basement. I don't think about basements often because we really don't have them in Texas, but they scare me. You know when just as scarier? Attic. Storm shelters. Those two, yeah. Those, that shit scares the <laughs> crap out of me. <laughs> Would I rather the spirits watch me from above in the attic or below in the basement or storm cellar? It's oh, hard to say. Oh, good question. <laughs> <laughs> look at my butt and look to at think my about face. <laughs> okay. Side note. My basement was pretty creepy for a long time. When I was around 14, I went down to get something and I started singing as soon as I hit the steps. Apparently, my dad was weirded out by this because I almost never sing. So he asked my mom what was up. Apparently, my mom said something like, oh, well, I'll bet she is singing to let us know she is safe. But if she stops singing, we should go down there. My dad thought that this was an insane explanation. So my dad asked me why I was singing in the basement when I got up. I told them that I would always sing or whistle so that if I stopped, they would know something bad had happened to me. My mom said, see, 
I told you. Mom I did the same is thing in as a kid. Wave. Smart. They are in Smart. wave with each other. That's tight. They are. Yeah. I love that. Tight. Mother daughter bond. We love it. I was probably eight years old. My brother and I loved to play hide and seek with our babysitters. The only time we'd get along was to find such good hiding uh, spaces to convince them that they had lost us. <laughs> We were down in the basement looking to see if I could fit under the bottom of these wooden storage shelves. The space between the bottom shelf and the floor was about a foot and a half tall and about two people widths deep. Those dimensions will be important. As I was laying on my stomach next to the shelves, trying to shimmy under the shelf, I noticed something sparkly on the floor. I told my brother that I saw something as I reached out to grab it. Right as I was about to touch it, another hand Holy shit. <laughs> Another hand reached out from the other side to grab me. Nope. Looking back, I can't describe the hand to you, but I just remember it was wrong. The shelf was dark and shadowy, and the hand was too. I'm not even sure if it was connected to a spooky torso. And yeah, no living person was supposed to be under the shelf in the first place. I managed to grab the object and screamed, Run! as I sprinted upstairs. It turned out to be a wooden wand with a star on top painted white with sparkles. It was definitely not one of my toys or something a friend might have left behind. I asked my mom if it had belonged to her or any of her siblings when they were young. She said her family was poor and had very few toys, and the wand certainly wasn't one of them. My mom has an excellent memory, especially for useless details from the 1970s, so I trust she would have recognized it. A small part of me was excited with my find. I didn't have a lot of sparkly toys like that, which was really appealing. But even as a small child, the fact that it didn't have any reason to be in my house, as well as the fucking hand trying to touch me, made me really uncomfortable. I threw the thing out and have never looked or reached under that shelf ever again. The end, for now. Meg. Oh, my lord. Na, 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 na. Meg. When I tell you that when Kylie said another hand reached out, my hand flew <laughs> over my mouth as to not <laughs> scream in shock. That's Dude. a hard pass. Is it a coincidence that all of these stories have like some weird underlying theme of sleep paralysis, nightmares, spooky hands? I mean, I guess we can toss in a murder, too. Yeah, a murder. Yeah, that murder. One small murder. murder. Juggalos. Also, like, squeezing under the shelf gives me such anxiety because I have claustrophobia, and I, that made my skin crawl. <laughs> so please never squeeze under a shelf again. That's all I'm asking. Sparkly wand. Yeah. Maybe it was the tooth fairy. Oh, my God. Ooh, that bitch does not like to share. You're something. And fairies are, like, little demons. Yeah. Oof. But where would it have come from? That's like such a bizarre thing, especially if your mom had grown up there. Yeah, and didn't remember. And didn't know it. Had never seen it. Pretty. Ugh, so weird. Creepy. Meg, you creeped me out, and we love Meg, it. Meg, you spooked us. I think us. all three of these stories fully freaked me out. Seriously, I know. I'm spooked, and my mind is twisted. Will I ever so sleep again? it's going to be a again? great night. 
It's hard <laughs> yeah. to say. I'm spookily satisfied. I had some bizarro dreams last night, and I have a feeling it's going to happen again after hearing these stories. What do you mean? Like, what kind of bizarro dream? I had this one dream. I had so many, but in one of them, I was in, like, school to be a witch, and there were also wizards. And no, it wasn't Hogwarts, but um, it was spooky, and it was like, we are all high school age, and... I realized that someone in the school was turning people into, like, evil beings. And, like, only I was able to, like, see them and figure out... Oh, my God, like out, Halloween Town? Yeah, basically. It was like Halloween... <laughs> it was like a Halloween Town mashup. But I was the only one who could see when someone had turned evil because their eyes had, like, this green shimmer to them. And oh, I kept shit. telling other people, like, don't you see it? And no one else saw it. But they were, like, slowly turning everyone around me into these evil creatures. And I was, like, trying to escape. It sounds like you're um, experiencing some trust issues with those around you. Um, Yeah, it's called the state (laughs) of Texas. (laughs) (laughs) Am I right? So there you have it. It does feel like a lot of underlying issues there, you know, with that. Yeah, yeah what they've been doing to us. I don't trust this. Sh- trust sh- 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 I don't trust this trust. shady bitch that is Texas. <laughs> so I'm hoping by next week's episode, you know, things are in a better place for, for everyone. At least we'll mentally. See. I got to get a massage. I am like a oh, whole yeah. not. My whole body is just so tense. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And it's like for... Honestly, for me, at least for probably the past like three months, I've kind of been very tense. And then this onto it, I'm just done. So it feels like I need a full retreat. Yes. (laughs) All right, y'all send us your stories to the Golden Ghouls podcast at gmail.com. Buy that merch. 20% of our sales are going to our friends at Austin Mutual Aid. And uh, yeah, until next time, stay spooky. Ooh. Ooh. Huh.